Welcome to Educationally Sound, a podcast by Teacher Learning Network. My name is Amy Cotton and I'm your host for this episode. Recently, the Australian Education Union, Victoria Branch, ran their Principals Conference on the 27th to 28th of April 2017 in the Abbotsford Building. The conference theme was Leading an Inclusive School. The AEU defines this as making a commitment to provide each student in the community, each citizen in a democracy, the right to belong. Inclusion assures that living and learning together benefits everyone, not just students who are labelled as having a difference. The conference is in line with Andrew's government commitment to promote inclusive practices in Victorian schools. We recorded this episode live at the conference, so at times the sound quality is poor. We felt that what the interviewee said, however, was interesting, so we hope that you'll stick with us. I spoke to David Tyson, one of the conference organisers, about the philosophy behind the conference really something that should touch all people because when you think of someone's family they have so many elements of what we're talking about people in my own family are disabled people in my own family belong to the LGBTI group people in my own family have issues around aboriginality so when you look at it the whole topic not only touches schools but touches people's personal lives and the way we view people I spoke to several delegates about the value of conferences Karen Terry is the principal of St Helena's Secondary College. For me, the conference is a real opportunity to network with other principals and talk collegially about the issues that are in our schools at the moment. And I think that all the principals that come to an AU conference have got a particular perspective on education. And it's not just about driving government agenda, it's also about looking after staff and about promoting uh, government schools. So to me, it's a really, really valuable forum to have that conversation. I'm Pauline Barker, I'm the principal of Greensboro College. I've come to the conference um, to really find out a lot more about positive leadership styles. So it really interested me, those workshops around positive leadership and respectful relationships. So I was very keen to learn more about that as a new principal of the school. That is really um, in the forefront of my mind. Also um, developing um, the collegiality and the building the networks with um, other principals. So I've been in the principal class for 10 years, so I do know a few people here, so it was a great opportunity to meet up with those guys and um, to really um, yeah, re-establish some relationships there. I spoke next to Vincent Sakari, principal of Eltham High School. Well, seeing that it's a conference around inclusion and being an inclusive uh, school as well as uh, an inclusive system, I'm hoping that uh, one of the things that will come out for me is uh, an affirmation of the work that we've been engaged in over a number of years around the whole process of inclusion. Um, But I'm also hoping to get some uh, new ideas and and some uh, new thinking around how we can actually continue to improve in that work and how we can actually enhance uh, the way that we work with kids that have uh, special needs, uh, special needs from a number of perspectives. Uh, I suppose what I'm hoping will come out of the conference is the the whole aspect of uh, equity as opposed to uh, the sense of equality that often we have to really think about that uh, creating uh, an equity um, in our system or in our school means doing things different, differently for, for some of these kids. 
So, um, yes, a bit of affirmation, but also some new thinking and new ideas out of uh, the conversations, the discussions and the presentations that will happen at the conference. Uh, my name's Terry Bennett. I'm principal at Melba College. Uh, it's a government secondary school in Croydon, about 600 students. Uh, in terms of the conference, I'm really looking forward to hearing from some of our guest speakers about inclusion. I think it's, uh, it's something that I... I guess I live as a principal every day. My community has about 800, oh, sorry, 80 out of 600 Burmese refugee students, as well as other minority groups. So I'm well aware that these young people need to, we need to find ways in which we're supporting them in our community. And um, so it'll be interesting to hear and get some ideas about how other practices and, and policies can be set that uh, make sure that we're doing the right thing by all these various groups in our, in our school communities. I returned to David Tyson, organiser of the conference, to hear his view on this. In a topic like this, it's important always to share um, and see what others are doing and to listen to others. The importance of networking, making connections, partnerships and friendships is always important. So I think a conference has a place in some ways as a focal point to a call for arms. And one of the things that we've tried to do, and I'll just point this out to you, is that uh, the slide in front of us we're not having many slides at all. In fact, that's probably the main slide I'm going to use throughout the conference because to me it's going to be like a, a fridge magnet. Just to break in here, the slide we're looking at says leading an inclusive school across the top and there's a picture of a young woman, a teacher and two very young primary students, girls. They're all smiling and looking at the camera and they're of diverse ethnic backgrounds. Along the bottom, it says build the capacity of your team to lead inclusion. It's reminding people that in such a complex issue, you need to keep it simple. And it's about leading the inclusive school and the capacity to build your team. You don't do it alone. It's about building the capacity in others and modelling behaviour and having the correct language to inspire others to follow you, to create not only a better school, but a better world. Because what we're on about is transformation transformation of our society to take it to a new place and that's why so many people feel uncomfortable when we have conversations about LGBTI, when we have conversations about Aboriginal, Aboriginals and the way they're treated in Australia, they're uncomfortable conversations because the place we're currently at is not necessarily a good place and as I look at you I can't also think that we need to address all in that about the place of women and as a father of two daughters and a father or a grandfather I still um, want to push for greater equality amongst women. It's still not at a place where it should be. It's a place where it could be but not should be. I um, I like that uh, you're building a team to lead inclusion, so it's an inclusive leadership model as yeah. well. But... Yeah, it has so many diverse aspects to it that we, you can follow through and build upon. But you're quite right about that inclusive team too and valuing the skills within Everyone comes with a unique gift. We're a one-off, special individual, and we need to keep that in the back of our mind, how unique each one of us are. And, of course, we can't forget the other reason everyone goes to conferences. The keynote speakers included Jill Callister, Secretary of the Department of Education and Training Victoria, Dr Tim Supomason, the Race Discrimination Commissioner, and Professor Roger Slee of the School of Education of the University of South Australia. At the dinner the night before, Angela Gavrilatis, the Project Director for Education International, and Meredith Pearce, the President of the AU Victorian Branch, both spoke. Here's David Tyson talking about Roger Slee. We're very fortunate. Uh, we had one of our keynote speakers pull out, 
and we're very fortunate to get Roger Slee, who's now at the University of Adelaide. And Roger uh, has done a lot of work in the area of inclusion, and he's someone who's valued um, not only in Australia, but around the world. So I think that was a windfall that through some um, disaster, you could say, we've actually ended up in a better space. And so I'm very happy about that. But I think it's great that the uh, Secretary for Education, Jill Callister, is going to be present because she really sets the agenda in Victoria. So it's about her modelling leadership and sharing with others her vision of what inclusion and diversity means. So to me, that's very important. I'm also pleased that we've got a nice balance between people that are coming from schools and presenting in our breakout groups, but people that also are in the centre. So they're leaders of sections um, around NDIS or Aboriginals uh, that have given up their time freely to come along and present. I was fortunate enough to be able to grab a moment to speak to Jill Callister, the Secretary of the Department of Education, and I asked her what she thought were the challenges involved in addressing inclusivity in the public school system. I start from the position that um, is relatively simple. We have universal education. Education is a right in this state for every single child of school age. And after your family, education probably plays the single biggest uh, the role in the future opportunities that you have. When we think about the health system, we think about life and death, but we ought to think about that way, education that way. We need to think about education as life and death because it's associated with living longer, it's associated with a healthier life, it's associated with uh, greater choice, greater economic benefits and really good social benefits and all those things are for the individual but they're also for our community so the community benefits hugely from inclusive education from universal education for everybody and in the way that we would never deny anybody health care who is in need of treatment we can't even begin to think that we ought to be able to deny anybody an education and every time we let a child slip away from education we will pay the price somewhere else in our community and they will pay a really huge personal price. I asked Jill Callister about some of the programs being implemented that would change the experiences of Victorian school children. So I think that the current the Victorian government has a whole range of programs that are designed to help some of our groups, our cohorts of students who are more inclined to be disengaged or not included in education take part. Um, Aboriginal students, we have a new Maroong Aboriginal education policy. Uh, The Navigator program to find the young people who are disengaged and dislocated, literally not attending school, and re-engage them with education. Uh, the lookout centres for the children in out-of-home care who are arguably the most disadvantaged and vulnerable children in our state. Uh, There are a number of really promising programs, but there is a really important piece here that is about school culture. There is a really important piece that is about being able to see past some of the behaviours, some of the difficulties, some of the challenges, some of the issues that some of our kids with disabilities have or some of our kids from families where uh, they haven't necessarily had the same advantages as others and help them make sure they don't miss out on their education. And I think that 
means we have to help schools, we have to help teachers, but I also think it means we have to include those children. Let's return to some of our principals and hear about the current and future directions of their school communities. You'll hear a few acronyms and terms being used that aren't universal across Australia. For instance, an AIP is an annual implementation plan at the school and a college is actually just a secondary high school, so years 7 to 12. What makes you most proud about what's happening at your school right now? Wow, that's a really big question because there's uh, lots of things that uh, make me really proud of, um, of uh, what is happening in the school um, uh, from, a, from a range of perspectives. I think one of the things that um, we've just recently been involved in is a school review and the level of work that's gone into that review in, from the part of the, the staff, the students, the community has been outstanding and I think, you know, I really feel really, really proud of the fact that we've embraced that process in such a positive way that we've managed to actually gain lots of benefits out of um, the process itself but the outcomes of the process which in a sense sort of uh, leads a little bit on to one of the questions around the, um, the focus on the AIP. And I think for us, uh, one of the most important things uh, at the moment is the implementation of our instructional model. So um, the focus around that and how that instructional model will actually support us to develop a stronger sense of differentiation for kids within the school that come across or fit within the broad broadness of, the, of, of a spectrum and that is kids that need that additional support right through to kids that actually need that uh, additional support in terms of extension. So looking at both ends, identifying through the, um, through the review that um, you know, we, we, we do fairly well in both those areas but that, that is a focus for us to actually continue the, the work and, and to continue to improving. Um, focus on our, our AIP this year is about focus on growth rather than about benchmarks and comparing students against these sort of generic marks. So it's moving away from students getting a grade on a paper and turning around to the person next and saying what you get. It's about empowering them to understand where they're starting from and measuring their growth uh, from there. And also about staff measuring growth. So everybody's starting point might be different, but it's everyone's improvement and everyone's learning. Um, and putting in the, the processes, the frameworks, the reporting and assessment tools to enable that to happen and to have parents understand that it's not just about competing with other students, it's about seeing where their child can go with their learning. We're currently in the, in the uh, probably the first half of an $18 million rebuild, uh, new building, so it's hopefully going to open at the start of 2018. So uh, the merger of the two schools, that was previously Croydon and uh, Maroondah Secondary Colleges and created Melbourne in 2013. So it's been a really long journey. The, uh, the plans for the redevelopment and the merger have been sitting there for probably six or seven years and uh, when I was appointed to Croydon and commenced the merger the following year. So it's been a long journey. There was no promise about the buildings or the rebuild. So to actually see it now rising out of the ground is a very exciting time for our community and uh, and yes well, so we'll go from two sites next year junior and senior learning we'll all relocate onto the one site and move into these beautiful new 21st century buildings it's um there's a lot of pressure in uh, managing infrastructure rebuild a culture rebuild and also maintaining education so how, how do you manage to do all it's, three 
It is, it is difficult. I had nine years as principal at Monterna prior to this, and then and that was 1,600 students and had challenges. And then I had a three-year break, and I actually built a couple of schools in the department, so I had that sort of experience. But I had to say, and I thought I was ready, and I think I was, but I have to say, yes, the, the merger itself, different cultures, the same year as Croydon and Maroon emerged, Parkwood closed, so it actually took about 150 children from there and teachers, so it was actually almost two and a half schools coming together. Uh, on top of that, now you've got the project management side, so it's been exciting, um, but I think I've, I've been challenged, I have to say that. I, uh, I've been a principal for 20 years now, but this has really challenged me. But to see the sort of work that's happening now and to see what's coming for these young people and building for the future is just, it's, it's wonderful. I really, I'm really excited by it. The focus of our AIP at um, Greensboro College is around building the teaching and learning in the school, building instructional practice, so that is a very strong focus. We've developed our own instructional model at the school, and so our teachers are working in professional learning communities to implement that instructional model and to um, conduct peer observations and give feedback to each other about their own teaching practice. We're also focusing on building the leadership in the school community, being in principal of the school. We have a new leadership team of leading teachers, so that's a focus to build that capacity of that leadership team and also to build the data literacy of the teaching um, fraternities. So that is a, a, a big focus of the school. The other big focus is building school pride and connection for our students and uh, instituting student voice, not just around student leadership, but voice in their own learning. So students knowing there's achievement data, understanding that achievement data and setting goals for themselves to, to grow and to improve in their learning. So that is a big focus as well. Successful things happen in all government schools and we all have our own context. But for my school, probably the thing I'm most proud of is that um, coming from what is considered to be a highly successful government school, with strong enrolments and strong um, results, it's been about the people work we've done behind the scenes and bringing in a positive psychology framework, um, which has meant that we're working towards our staff and our students flourishing in that environment, not just coping and actually enjoying learning. Um, it's about rigour, but it's also about looking after people. And to me, the recent data that we've had on that is the thing I'm most proud about because it means we can move an agenda forward, but it's taking care of people at the same time. What are you proud of? As a new principal at Greensboro College, I just wanted to express the um, pleasure I have in being the principal, I guess the privilege of being a principal of a, a college, and um, coming into the college really um, being taken into the college by the school community. It's such a warm, positive community, and the thing that I'm really proud of is the way the students um, present themselves at the college and represent themselves at the college. It's a really warm, inviting environment. So the students are who I'm really proud of and the way they conducted themselves this week during the Anzac Day um, commemorative ceremonies that we had is just awesome and made me really proud as a principal, as a new principal of the school. The other aspects of the school that I'm really proud of, apart from the teachers and the way that I've been welcomed into the school by the teachers and how hard they work at the school, is our building program. So we're um, very fortunate to be part of the uh, 
state government's building program, a $10 million building program that will be starting in the next couple of weeks. And that is something that the school community is really um, needs. Uh, the Greensboro community deserves this new building program. It hasn't had anything like this in its 50-year history. So it's something that is, um, you know, well-deserved and been waited for for a long time. So uh, that's something I'm really proud of to, to be part of, you know, bringing into the school community. Finally, we're going to return to Terry Bennett, the principal of Melbourne College, and discuss the benefits of union membership. So in terms of uh, my longevity in this game, I was a previous member of the TTUV before the AEU was established. So I go way back, um, 40, 40 plus years in the system. Uh, I have to really acknowledge the work of the union movement. They've always been, been there for teachers and principals. Um, I think the latest round in terms of our industrial agreement that they've been able to bargain and work with this government has just uh, has been a sensational outcome really for, for everybody concerned. So I just really want to pay a compliment to the, the union membership and, uh, and the union uh, administration and uh, it's fantastic that we know that we've got that sort of backing there. For uh, younger teachers, um what would you say the advantages are of becoming a union member, but not just a union member, but an active union member? Oh, well, I think active union membership, I've always you know, been a strong union advocate. I believe in solidarity. I believe in the principles of, of unionism. Um, I think the union I've watched over the years, the union changed so much in terms of its, I guess, its delivery in terms of professionalism, professional learning, what you're doing now through the teacher learning network. Yeah, it's just grown so much. Um, it's filled a bit of a space, I think, that hasn't, wasn't, wasn't being filled there for a while. I know Basto's on board now, and we've got some other um, areas like that, but I think the union's really filled some great niches there for, um, uh, for the profession. And, uh, yeah, I'd be encouraging all young uh, teachers coming in to, to, to join the union. I think it's, a, you know, it, it's been wonderful. I, mean, I look back on my 40 years, and I was a... You know, TTUV rep, I used to come down once a month for meetings and so on. It gave me a passion and an understanding of what we were trying to achieve. So, yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you. For me, this conference was an interesting and reinvigorating experience. Everyone I talked to was focused on inclusive leadership, building the capacity of each member as a team, recognising their potential as an individual, fostering inclusion in the student body, and working together to build an inclusive future for the next generation. The energy of any conference relies on the delegates' enthusiasm and passion for the topic, so it was wonderful to hear about programs happening throughout Victoria, not just those highlighted on this podcast. Teacher Learning Network would like to thank Jill Callister, Pauline Barker, Terry Bennett, Vincent Sakari, and Karen Terry. In addition, we'd like to thank the Australian Education Union Victorian branch for inviting the TLN to the conference and David Tyson for making us welcome on the night. My name is Amy Cotton and thanks for joining us today. We're interested in making episodes about schools and teachers from all over Australia. If you're a TLN member and want your school or colleague to be featured, get in contact with us via our Facebook page, which is Educationally Sound, or at our website, tln.org.au. Teacher Learning Network is a professional development provider with courses aligned to the Australian Professional Standards for Teachers. Annual school membership is available, which allows all teachers at the school to access as much PD as they want via online courses. Much of our PD is on demand, so PD can be completed when the teacher chooses. For more information, go to tln.org.au.
The Teacher Learning Network is supported by the Australian Education Union Victorian Branch and the Independent Education Union Victorian Tasmanian Branch.